I V M. So what is bottom-up management? It means that you are encouraging everyone in your team or on your project to contribute towards a goal or an objective that you have in mind and then building it together. So it improves synergy. Welcome to Smarter with Sid. In this episode, after looking at last week's episode of top-down management, we are going to look at the other approach, which is bottom-up. And we are going to look at whether it works not just for teams, but also for individuals and how to go about it and how to select between top and bottom-up approaches as we go ahead. Let's go. Last time we started off with a cricket example. Well, this time we are going to start off with another cricket example. Imagine you are the fielding captain and the team that's batting has very few runs to make in order to win the game. And you are at a crossroads as to how you're going to manage the last over. Right now, there are two approaches that you can take. One is that you decide on what's going to happen and you place everything accordingly, tell, instruct the bowler what to do, etc. Or two, you're going to call the team together and ask them for suggestions or recommendations and then take the decision together as a team. Well, if you take the latter approach, then you are going to go for the bottom up approach, which means involving other people. Now, take another example. If you're looking at a family holiday, now the last thing you could do in a family holidays type of situation, if you want to be a popular member in the family, is to do a top-down approach. Like we are going to go and that's it. Instead of that, what you would do if you were wise enough, you would say, okay, so where do you guys want to go this year? And what do we have in stake? And what are the advantages? And, and involve everybody in the common goal setting of the holiday and then start planning for it and then start working towards the end of actually going for that holiday. So these very simple examples, whether it's in cricket or whether it's uh, the planning of a family holiday, are great examples of the bottom-up approach. But can we take the bottom-up approach more effectively, especially when you're working on your own? Now, this is the sort of question that kind of boggles me and I always like to look at the context of something like this. Uh, much before I get into the first principles. On Smarter with said, that's what we do, isn't it? We look at the context of something, then we look at the first principles of it, and then maybe the takeaways. So let's try this. And what I'm aiming to do is give you a bit of a small heads up or an analysis on which approach to use when the top-down versus the bottom-up at the end of this episode. For those who have not heard the top-down approach, do listen to the top-down approach first before you listen to this one. It might be worth your while. But of course, this one goes very well as a standalone episode as well. Now, let's think about how do you do this at an individual level, right? Let's assume, let's take an example. Let's assume that you are a writer, okay, which is an individual task and you are continuously waiting for the muse to happen. What do I mean for the muse to happen? It means that you're waiting for some inspiration from outside to happen, some event to happen, some mood to set in, uh, some vision to be very clear to you and then start writing. Now, if you wait for that endlessly, you're not going to end up doing a lot of writing, are you? Now, this is exactly what a bottom-up approach essentially solves at an individual level. 
So what does that mean? It means maybe I'm paraphrasing uh, Jeffrey Archer really badly, but he actually sits down in front of his, uh, you know, uh, writing instrument. Now I don't know what his writing instrument is, whether it's pen and paper or or a computer. I am hoping that it's it's not pen and paper in today's day and age. But he sits down, he has a fixed routine, and he starts writing. He says he doesn't wait for the muse to visit him. He says that if I work hard enough and if I start writing because I'm a writer, then the muse will visit and there'll be some days of crap writing and there'll be some days of fantastic writing, right? But he goes with the process and he just says he takes the first step of actually just sitting down and writing and he creates an entire process towards only that first step does not really wait for the vision to hit him now this actually works at an individual level uh, in a lot of creative pursuits so for example if you're trying to you know film a, a video or if you're trying to come up with a fantastic idea or an innovative product or anything of that sort but you have a vague idea of what you're trying to do but not really a very clear cut and defined vision that is when i think focusing on the first step is extremely critical because then you start developing your story let's assume that you're writing a story yeah you're a writer and you start writing without knowing exactly which character is going to do what and and what is going to happen in the end but you have a vagueish sort of idea that that's the kind of atmosphere i want to build that's the kind of uh, you know story i want to write and then you let the characters speak for themselves then you let the story develop on its own and you let it all unfold i think that you're doing a lot of good things for yourself and your story you're letting serendipity work which means that you're letting happy accidents happen you're also letting inspiration to come to you just because of your intention you know you're writing and therefore inspiration happens to you and then you say hmm what if, what if i do this and then you get excited and you go about it the other way and and you move on now multiply that a thousand times if you're going to work but mind you with a very functional team so if your team and you are getting along and you're really excited about a project that you're working on it might be a fantastic idea this bottom up approach saying guys we have this vague thought of reaching here this is the vague objective but we don't really know anything but the maybe the first step in fact we want to even define the first step together can we do this now this is a great example of a bottom up approach used in teams whether you're using it as individuals or teams the bottom up approach has fantastic advantages the advantages are essentially you're allowing for something to unfold you're you know drawing up on your subconscious mind and other people's minds and you're basically getting something greater than what you think you can achieve to happen the disadvantages obviously is hey you may go completely astray and you may end up wasting a lot of time and effort and activity and it is something that you can end up badly regretting it i think is a higher risk and higher reward option in the eyes of people who would prefer a top down approach but for the bottom up guys maybe the high risk high reward thing actually happens the other way around so i think if you are a bottom up person if you know that you 
can see the first step very clearly especially as an individual or maybe you can discuss what first steps are and you want the co-creation to happen the bottom-up approach will work well but all i can say is make sure that you don't close your eyes to miraculous thoughts that might come to you and even uh, better approaches to come to you as the story unfolds if you are letting the story unfold let it unfold in all of its splendid glory if you are a top-down person you are going to shake in your boots when you hear bottom up right because there is a loss of control there's a loss of you know certainty as to where the hell you know you're going or where this team is going and i think the most important thing to remember from a top-down perspective is hey as i spoke about in the last episode it is always good to have more than one weapon in your arsenal and it's always good to be flexible whenever you're working so if as a top-down person you don't have a very clear vision in your head then perhaps it is time to drop your favorite way of doing things and doing something that allows for more clarity more beauty more wonderful serendipity to happen with you and your team so whether you are a bottom-up person or a top-down person i think this is the bottom line <laughs> sorry for the pun the bottom line essentially is be very clear about the approach that you're going to follow and if and when you decide on the approach that you're following make sure that you take all the steps necessary and have the right attitude necessary to make sure that that approach happens right no point in taking one approach and still keeping the mindset of the other approach there's a lot to digest here there's a lot to think about here but the crucial aspect is again learning by doing I just wanted to lay out both the top-down and the bottom-up approaches in front of you as weapons of your choice that you can use based upon the clarity of vision or the vagueness of uh, things based upon whatever the work that you're trying to cut yourself out to do. Now, I hope you like this episode. Smarter with Sid always is trying to do stuff which is going to make us that 1% smarter every single week. And I hope you like this two-part episode magic of the top-down and bottom-up approaches. And hey, if you like stuff like this, well, IVM's got a lot of wonderful stuff for you. And do just you know, check out all the stuff that's in their arsenal and their weaponry. And if you like my podcast and episode, do like and subscribe. And hey, I'm the Traveling Professor. Do connect with me on LinkedIn and on Instagram. On that happy note then, on that happy note.